Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. ESPN Radio for Western Montana, KKVU HD3 Stevensville, and 102.9 FM on K275BS Missoula. ESPN Radio for Western Montana, KKVU HD3 Stevensville, Montana's only statewide sports talk K275BS Missoula. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now... The 2017 Radio Sports Broadcaster of the Year on the show with back-to-back Montana Broadcaster Association Awards for sports coverage and award-winning sports journalism. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Hello, Montana. The Grizz home opener tomorrow. The Cats, home opener tomorrow. Week one of the NFL season on Sunday. And the dang-damn Green Bay Packers are already 1-0. Let's go. It's going to be a great day. It is a great day on a Friday afternoon. Tutel Nuanas, outstanding to be with you across the state of Montana on SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? And across Western Montana on ESPN Radio. Proud to be here. Thanks for spending some time with us, letting us escort you down the aisle into your weekend. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. Online at KurtzPolaris.com. You can find us online as well. 1029ESPN.com. That is the website. You go there. You got all kinds of stuff to look through. The podcast, the pictures, some of the uh, links, some of the news stuff, and, of course, listen live. You listen live on the Listen Live tab. It's called a stream. 
It's brought to us by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. And if you want to pick up your phone and call, be a part of this thing as we head into the first full, full weekend of football, where it's all going on. 329-1899 is the phone number. 329-1899, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Uh, Coulter, I'm very excited about the show today. Uh, Antonio Brown is uh, going to play on Monday, it looks like. And so all of my joy at being right yesterday has faded into sorrow at being wrong today. That is all right. I can deal with that because the Green Bay Packers have a fantastic defense. <laughs> Or something. <laughs> or something. Or it, they were going against it, a childlike it, play caller and the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Well, I don't know about the first thing. I do think that there was a little bit of a wake-up call last night in, in, uh, in the Windy City. I do think that. Uh, we will get to that. In fact, we're going to get to a bunch of NFL stuff today in the top of the hour. Okay, So we're going to spend a little bit of time in the NFL uh, trafficking in that. But today uh, we will start with uh, Montana and Montana State. We will hear from both uh, head coaches once again. Uh, some sound that you have not heard yet from both Bobby Houck and from Jeff Choate on their respective uh, matchups with Northern Alabama and uh, Southeast Missouri State forthcoming for uh, these two teams. We also will uh, hear from our dear friend Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know about sports, is going to tell us about sports again on as we do every Friday. A fun segment with her. We also we'll talk a little bit about the Osprey. The Osprey lost last night and thus have been eliminated officially. Look, it was going to be an uphill battle anyways. The fact that they were down like six games, I think, uh, two weeks ago and got this thing all the way back to a game and a half at one point, ultimately couldn't close the deal. And Billings uh, will does win, does clinch uh, the uh, Pioneer League North second half and thus the second playoff spot. So the uh, Osprey season will be over tomorrow, but still two more games in the regular season. We'll have them for you here on ESPN Radio tonight and tomorrow as well. So we'll, uh, we'll get into that a little bit and uh, also going to talk to you about the Seattle Seahawks. You know, the 1029 ESPN Radio is the official Seattle Seahawks affiliate here in Missoula and in western Montana. So if you want to listen to Seahawks football, you're a Seahawks fan, all year long, we will have Seahawks football for you, the full broadcast of those things. Sunday, it will start at noon. The The, the broadcast will kick off is at uh, 2 o'clock. And then, uh, you know, we'll have the whole game, post-game, Steve Rabel doing it uh, like he's done it for a long time. Great. Legendary play-by-play voice of the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously an outstanding player for the Seattle Seahawks as well. Uh, and so uh, we will uh, have that for you uh, come Sunday. So we want to break down the Seahawks-Cincinnati Bengals matchup a little bit heading into that thing. But, Coulter, let's start with uh, the University of Montana and their game against North Alabama. I feel like we have talked about both these teams a fair amount this week, but I don't feel that we have talked all that much about the, the two teams on the field together, the matchups. And it, it look, it's a little bit vague. We don't know. We, you know, we look up, we research and so forth about North Alabama. We don't know what they're going to look like on the field. We have an idea that they're probably going to be a little bit bigger, maybe more athletic than what you think, given that they were a Division II school three years ago. But nonetheless, you know, some of the schemes that they're running, what they're going to look like, and what some of the, the, the problems that they're going to present to the University of Montana. We don't know what all of those will be, but we can project some of it. And what I want to know from you, generally, Coulter, is what do you think that Montana needs to do specifically against North Alabama to, you know, to have a good game, to get a win, and maybe to get a, con- a convincing victory? Well, it remains to be seen if Montana is going to be able to run the ball this year right, effectively and I don't – this is something that I am not usually going to say, but I don't think that being able to run the ball or not 
is of that much importance to Montana. I think it comes down to them figuring out if they can or not. And if they can't, I'm not saying scrap the whole thing, but I'm just saying you don't need to strive for balance if you just know that you're not going to be able to run the ball between the tackles when you have the players that they have on the perimeter. It's such an interesting thing, too, because you know people when they talk about Bobby Ball and so forth and so on and talk about you know running the ball and playing defense and all of that, and some of that is a little bit revisionist because, as you said, they're about 50-50 in terms of running and passing the first time around with Bobby Houck. How about this? During Bobby Hawk's first seven-year stint at Montana, Montana actually threw the ball four more times than they ran it. There you go. And under Bob Stitt, who ran the air raid offense, which everybody painted as a 50-throws-a-game offense, well, it was because it was a 90-plays-per-game offense. Right. The Grizz actually ran the ball four more times than they threw it. <laughs> How was that for symmetry? And for going for mitigating against what what you think or what you know that you, you believe about I think that. the thing is that people the re, the revisionist history comes from the fact that Montana was balanced even on even probably shifting towards the side of throwing the ball more often than running it in the first half of games under Bobby Houck then when you get a lead it's squat city yeah it's Chase Reynolds Lex Hilliard Justin Green pound 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 steal their will, as they used to say. And so I think that's where a little bit of it comes from. But regardless, I think that if Montana can't find real production in the run game, I don't actually think that that's that detrimental to the cause, considering the other playmakers they have at the skill positions. They just have to figure out how much of their how much of their play calls they want to dedicate towards design runs. This, And, and I think this is an interesting point to that needs acceptance. And as, as far as I can tell within the coaching staff, Coach Rosenbaugh, Coach Houck, everybody else on the offensive side of the ball, it has been by and large. But my only point in bringing up that, that they actually threw the ball, you know, like you said, four times more, almost exactly even, right? is I still would argue that Coach Houck philosophically, fundamentally, he wants to run the football. He right. wants to be able to do And look, every coach would tell you they want to be. But there's certain, Jeff Choate. We are going to have a run game. We're going to focus in on what it takes to run the football, and that's what we're going to do. If you, if you have that mentality, and I don't know that, that Bobby Houck has it quite the same way that Jeff Choate does, but I do think that he is, look, he's a big fan of big, strong, mean offensive linemen imposing their will, physically dominating an opponent, and you do that on the ground. You don't do that through the air very often. And so running over people, that's what he wants to be able to do. Pick up the yard when you need it. Maybe pick up four yards every single play and just run the ball a bunch of times if that's what's working. The point is, though, if that's what you want to be able to do and you can't, there are a lot of coaches who it seems to me just can't accept that and then just play to your strengths. If they can't st- – I mean, you saw it in a, in a microcosmic way last Saturday. Couldn't run the ball, couldn't really move the ball, except for the first play of the game, which, by the way, was a down-the-field pass. Couldn't really move the ball in the first quarter at all. And they part of it was learning what the defense was doing, certainly, because it was a, a clean slate in terms of what Travis Johansson was going to be trying to do with that Yotes defense against Montana. But they So they certainly figured that out. But they also weren't afraid to just go, yeah, we're going to throw the ball 52 times. 
or at least we're going to throw the ball 30 times and we're going to RPO enough where we're going to get, you know, potentially to 50-plus throw throws. And you know what they did? Shredded South Dakota. Shredded South Dakota. Right. And it seems like there's some coaches who are just so beholden to do what they do, that they want this DNA to be there, that they're unable or unwilling to convince themselves that just do the thing that you're best at, even if it's exactly the opposite, quote-unquote opposite, of what you actually would like to do. And right now, I think this is a great opportunity. The thing, you know, I was going to ask you what you're looking for in this game. What I'm looking for in this football game out of Montana is what are they able to do on the ground? I want to see the run game, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, what it looks like. Who's getting the carries? Is 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 it Marcus Knight? Is it Adam Eastwood? Is it somebody else? How is that going to go? That's something that I'm going to be very, very focused on. But at the end of the day, if you're winning because you're throwing for 350 yards and four touchdowns in two and a half quarters, just do that. Don't overthink it, right? I think that's the brilliance of RPO offenses in general and RPO quick-hitting offenses that have West Coast elements in them, like Tim Rosenbaugh's offense, is that so often it really is the the cliche of what does the defense give you. Mm -hmm. Say... North Alabama stacks the box again. Well, Montana's just going to run a bunch of RPOs, and they're going to get the ball on the perimeter, and they're going to make North Alabama guard them. If they don't, bring it on. I mean, mm-hmm. Samari Torre, Sammy Akam, I mean, you're, I take those guys, pretty much any one-on-one matchup you're going to find, and say that the opposite. Say they looked at the tape last week and they said, man, these guys threw 52 times. They threw for 430 yards. Now you might have a soft box. So now you might rush for 200 yards. It's going to be a give and take. But I think that if there's that's a... That's tr- the question. If they do get a softbox, can they rush for Can they run? Right, totally. I mean, that's the thing, too, though, is the, the, the funny part about last year, and that this is why stats are sometimes deceiving, and it's also why quarterback run game is so influential in the running statistics in college football. But the Grizz actually rushed for about 170 yards a game last year with having no real game breaker at running back and with having one of, if not the worst offensive lines in the league. Now, again, a part of that was Dalton Sneed. A part of that was they also were able to pad their stats a little bit in some of their non-conference games. But still, I mean, there was not a game where the Grizz were like 80 yards, 29 carries for 80 yards or whatever. I mean, they were they're in the hundreds at least every game. So they, they figured out a way to do it. Well, and, I, it because, and they also, I mean, they incorporated Jerry Louis McGee, right. Gabe Solcer, into totally. the rush game on fly sweep stuff and and try and get some big hitters, which, of course, does help your cause. And why wouldn't you? You should be doing that stuff. Totally. And you know, we're going to get into Southeast Missouri State in the next segment, but Daniel Santa Canaria, he, like Jeff Choate described him, he's got a point guard mentality. I think that's a great way of describing these RPO quarterbacks now, is it really is like playing point guard. Because you really are, you're kind of reading the high ball screen is the right analogy. You're reading the guy who has the interior run while also reading the short slant. And if you're really apt at it, which Dalton Sneed proved to be at least for a game last week, that he really is, you're the one making the decision. It's just like Chris Paul coming off that thing. Is he going to take it to the rack? Is he going to pull up and shoot the 15-foot jump shot? Is he going to make the bounce pass to the roller? Is he going to throw the backside lob? You have so many options. That's what college football has become, especially with the prevalence of this RPO stuff. So, really, I don't think it necessarily comes down to, singularly in this game, the Grizz being able to run down North Alabama's throat. Now, don't get me wrong. The Grizz are going to have to establish some semblance of a run game as the season goes on because as the season progresses, trends start to emerge 
tendencies start to emerge, and teams will be able to take things away even if you have superior athletic talent. That's the game of football in a nutshell, especially when you start playing teams that know you well, like the Big Sky Conference teams will. But in this game early, I think they just have to be able to figure it out and if and, and feel it out, and if it's not there, just take what they give them and continue to dice. And then on the other side, uh, I'm just interested to see the way that they handle a mobile quarterback because you know, for, for years and years and years and years, the biggest advantage that the Grizzlies had against their opponents was their ability to rush the passer. And we talked to Bobby Hawk about it, just about the way that the trends of, of that element of the game. And he asked me, you know, sometimes Coach Hawk will come back at you with a question after you ask him a question. Yes, he will. And he asked me, he said, I was asking about just the, the way it's evolved over the last 20 years. And he <laughs> said, you tell me this, Coulter. He said, what do you think? is the most important position on the offensive line. I said, well, most people would say left tackle. He said, wrong. There isn't one anymore. Mm-hmm. Because it's all because guys get the ball off so fast, guys can run. You're rolling out to both sides. All sorts of different factors, right? And um, I think that that's something that the, that the Grizz have to figure out, though. They have to figure out how to fabricate some sort of pass rush. Gauging success in the pass rush, we need a new mode. We need new baselines. Because it used to be like a sack a game for an elite pass rusher if you're playing a 12 or 15 game season, you know, and those Grizz teams were because they were going on playoff runs. The guys that are having 12 or 15 sacks in a season, we used to consider that elite. If you get to 10 now, that's elite. Mm-hmm. As a team, those Grizz teams used to have 50. That's not happening. There's just not against spread teams, you're not going to get 50 sacks. It comes down to quarterback hits now. Because so often the quarterback's going to get rid of the ball. I mean, Jeff Choate said that after the Texas Tech game. He said the number one thing I'm impressed with with Casey Bauman was he didn't get sacked, but if you watch the film, it was the hits he took after he threw it. That's where Vernon Adams from Eastern Washington was just brilliant because he would stand in there. He'd stand in there to the last possible second and then throw that deep ball. He would get annihilated, but you, most people don't see that. They see the ball whistling down the field in right, the 60 right. yard touchdown. How much can the Grizz, though, get in the face of the quarterback? And it's going to be a, 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 a even more pressing challenge because Christian Lopez is so dynamic. He is such a good athlete. Well, hello there, my friends. Ryan Tutel here, and you probably know that Blackfoot is a local partner for internet, voice, and professional services that helps businesses just like yours all around the state of Montana. But maybe you don't know just how much they're actually doing. You couldn't even imagine how many miles, yes, miles, like hundreds of miles of fiber optic cable they are laying across the state of Montana and specifically now in Bozeman and the Gallatin Valley near St. Ignatius and several other regions to increase the connectivity and speed in which we can communicate to that of light. That's right, fiber optics, they work with light. Did you know that? Quite a lesson. If you want to go study it, I encourage you to do so. Hey, go visit GoBlackfoot.com and see what it is that they're up to. I think you'll be amazed at all of the work that is being done just so that we can talk quickly with each other and do things like, I don't know, listen to a Tutel Nuanas podcast. 866-541-5000 to give them a call or online at GoBlackfoot.com. You can click the link in the description while you're listening and just check out what they're up to. Support the ones who support us, Blackfoot. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Now, we were supposed to do this off the top, but I'm going to do it now because I want to. We pause to get ourselves ready for a weekend with some caffeine. Ooh. The Florence Coffee Company, Coffee Break, brought to us, well, by the Florence Coffee Company. I have my iced latte. Coulter, you got a what? Iced Americano? I did, yep. 
Yours is black. Do you usually get it black? I couldn't remember because I actually usually get like a splash. I, knew, I, me- I messed okay. you up. I messed you up. The good thing is the iced coffee, very smooth at uh, Florence Coffee Company. So you get that. Boys and girls, it's the Friday before the first full, full weekend of football. It's the home games for both the Grizz and the Cats. And guess what? They're night games. You know what that means? You don't got to get up at 4 a.m. I mean, you can if you want to. You can sleep in a little bit. You can still get a full tailgate on. So have yourself a little coffee and enjoy your Friday night a little bit. Stay up later. Read a book. Sit down. Hang out after the kids have gone to bed. Maybe put on a Netflix thing. I don't know what you want to do with your time, but you're going to have more of it if you go to Florence Coffee Company right now. Go there right now. You're worried about not being able to sleep. You don't want to drink caffeine in the afternoon. Stupid. That's dumb on Friday. You want to stay up. You want to enjoy it by your bad self later on this evening and just be yourself. Just be alone. You know, just be alone. Be quiet. Have yourself a Florence coffee. That's what I'm talking about right now. Love it, Florence coffee. Thanks for providing mm-hmm. the caffeine. This is funny. I, I sent you a video of, uh, of, of my favorite guy, Mike Kramer. Earlier oh, yes. this week. Yes, yes. And this was from Mike Kramer's last. That out. Yeah. This is Mike Kramer's last year at Idaho State, but it was when Idaho State was coming to prepare to play Montana. And he gave a you know a typical Mike Kramer-esque quote. It's funny because it's one that has lasted because it was on video. And funny to think that more than five years ago we all didn't have video cameras in our pocket. I mean, you could take video, but it wasn't the high quality. Mm-hmm. Regardless, it wasn't in my estimation as a guy that's interviewed Mike Kramer a hundred times, it wasn't necessarily his best quote, but it was really funny just talking about Washington Grizzly Stadium, how it's an SEC environment, the only SEC environment in the West. I'm sure plenty of people listening to the show have seen it throughout the week. But the one thing he mentioned was that uh, he said, we played this game at 5 o'clock. So everybody in Missoula is going to be playing prepped. And I will say this. This is my challenge to people in Missoula. Don't prep too hard, folks, because I would say that the, the games that have been the most raucous, because for years and years there was no lights at Washington Grizz. Yes. So 1 o'clock kickoffs were standard. And so then I think people just have their routines on a home game Saturday. Mm-hmm. You know, you get up at 9, you know, or you get down to the tailgates at 9 or 9.30, start eating some food. You're getting lubed up. It's all good. And you can, you can have a pretty good time before 1 o'clock, and then, you know, by the end of the game, you're all good. Yeah, I, I'll say this. The difference between a 5 o'clock game and a 7 o'clock game is always such an advantage for the 5 o'clock because people just go a little bit too hard. Th- those I've are seen some big hours. That's what I'm saying. I've, seen, I've yeah. seen some a little bit of deflated crowds. It seems ironic, but I've seen it at both Montana schools. When it's a 7 o'clock kick, you're not quite sharp enough because you've been too excited for too long. It's just like when you're a kid on Christmas and all of a sudden you don't have any energy left by the time you open up all your presents. I know a guy, okay, and he's not he's not in this community. He's not even in this state. Uh, but he uh, uh, got tickets to a Super Bowl and went, flew, got the hotel, did the whole thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's that's an expensive weekend to be there. Super Bowl is a primetime game. You know, seven, eight o'clock on the east, you know, the eastern time zones, five, six o'clock, whatever it is, four, five o'clock here. Uh, had himself an enjoyable tailgate day throughout. So much so, out cold in his hotel room bed. For the Super Bowl. Did not get to the game. Don't be that guy, folks. Don't do that. Don't do that to you. Don't do that to yourself, anyways. But start, tail, start tailgating at noon. And drink water till 3. And then you'll be feeling so good you won't even believe how much energy you get. And you know how you do that? With Forest Coffee Company right now. Let's go. There you go. Okay? We're trying to help you. Help us help you. Uh, Coulter, it is North Alabama tomorrow. You mentioned Christian Lopez. 
Uh, 17 of 32 for 290 yards and a touchdown uh, against Western Illinois. He also rushed for a second score. The thing that jumps out to me about this, though, he didn't. He had he rushed for six yards. Did not run the ball hardly at all. But he threw for 290 yards on only 17 completions. I mean, that's like 16, 17 yards per completion. 17 completions is not a is not a significant number. But when you talk about the big ones, Cortez Hall had two receptions for 113 yards. 75 and 38 is what he went for. So they, when they were hitting, they were hitting some big ones, uh, North Alabama was, against Western Illinois. They also, Terrence Humphrey, outstanding on the ground. 12 rushes for 102 yards. He did have, he had a big one in there, 62-yard touchdown run. But still, you're talking about, you know, 11 for, for you know, 40, 45. I mean, you're, you're still sitting there at about four yards per carry, even without the big one, and you can't take that thing out of there. But ultimately, he went for like nine yards a touch. I mean, that's impressive and uh, certainly something that Montana will need to keep their eye on. Coulter, you went down to practice. You talked with Bobby Houck. Uh, earlier this week, uh, just uh, it was, this was on Wednesday, so it was right in the middle of coming out of last week and heading I- I- into uh, this game against North Alabama. So we'll bring you this uh, conversation with Bobby Howe. The Grizz interview is presented to us by our friends at Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Here you go. Head coach of the University of Montana Grizzlies, Bobby Howe. You got the marching band back here, ROTC. Kids are back on campus. So when it's actually opening week of college football on a college campus in a college town like this, does it feel different to you? Well, obviously, we're excited to get back out in our stadium with our students there, our fans there, our marching band. It's just, uh, you know, it's a great game day, and I can't wait for Saturday. You talked a lot about beating South Dakota, a team that had won so many consecutive home openers, and you know, just the accomplishment that that was. You guys have a long streak, too, I think 15 in a row. So how important, how much pride do you guys take in this protect your home field, especially in the opening game? Well, I think any game, but obviously it's the opener this year, and we've got a good streak going, so we'd like to keep that intact. You mentioned wanting to improve on a whole bunch of different things. I know that's always been your M.O., but what specifically did you see on the tape that maybe you guys want to work on this week? Well, gosh, the, the list is long. Uh, we need to we need to play more soundly on both sides of the ball. Um, we need to finish plays better. We need to finish drives better. Um, just some breakdowns. Got to play the ball better down the field on defense. There's just a whole litany of things, and we're working at it. This day and age, with all the social media, the exposure, everything for all these guys, it seems like it's easy to get a big head over not much of an accomplishment, right? It seems like you guys do the exact opposite of that. Want to make them keep working, keep them hungry. Why do you think that aspect is important psychologically? Well, I think human nature allows complacency to to, uh, creep in any time that you don't emphasize the opposite. So we try to make sure that we understand where we are and where we need to be if we're going to accomplish the goals of this program. When you first got here, I remember you said, we got to run to the football, we got to tackle. Well, it seemed like you guys, by and large, did that in the first game. Who first instilled that mindset in you? Where did you learn that just as an important part of football? Well, I would go back to my father way back in Big Timber, Montana. So Bob Houck Sr., I guess. And then that's been reinforced by a lot of great football coaches. It, it seems like an old school principle, but also seems like a simple principle that sometimes escapes people. Uh, how, how do you continue to emphasize something that is simple but sometimes does get left by the wayside? Well, I think that along with toughness are things that you have to do every day. Or It's not a it's not an 11, 12 Saturday a year thing. It's an everyday thing. And if that's not the culture of your team, then you don't have it. 
We talked a lot about Dalton on uh, on Monday at the press conference, just his great performance, but uh, j- just the comfort he has in this offense. Now, how much trust do you guys have in him? Well, it's pretty explicit that he's uh, a guy that we can trust to do what needs to be done to win. He's highly competitive. He's smart. So, you know, he, he uh, does a lot of good things, and we trust him to do that, and so do his teammates. Year two of Justin Calhoun playing corner. Seems like he has really now begun to at least master the position. What have you thought of just his progress over the last year or so? Well, I think he's a much better player uh, today than he was 365 days ago. Uh, he's worked at it. He had one of the better games of anybody on our team last weekend. And, Robbie, he ran to the ball so well. Uh, how much do you think he's just mastering that position? Well, he's, it's sort of like Justin. You know, Robbie's a freshman last year and obviously had a pretty big year, but he's uh, he plays really hard and he knows where he's going so that those two things tend to lend themselves to playmaking. So there you go. Bobby Houck finishing up talking about his son, Robbie Houck, and also Justin Calhoun. And, you know, that's significant praise to say, you know, he's, he's a guy who played maybe – one of, not the best of anybody on our team last week, and Justin Calhoun, and obviously has the interception, but uh, you know, was uh, had a pass breakup and had uh, a fantastic day in general. I also find it interesting because um, you don't need to listen for very long to know who's in control of the playlist on any given day at Grizz practice. <laughs> I mean, to go from from country to J Cole to like uh, 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 Ozzy Osbourne. You know what I mean? You get a pretty wide swath of music at any given Grizz practice. And I don't know how they do it. I don't know who's going to in control the play. It's like players some days, coaches different days. But, like, you could, you know, you could start to identify the group pretty quickly that was in charge of today's, you know, iPad, iPod, whatever. Montana State has a live DJ. I mean, that's pretty good. Like, almost every single time they have a, a session in the stadium, they have a full live DJ. Josh Perkins, who played for the Cats in the 90s. He's the guy. It's pretty funny. Uh, no, um, I thought there was a couple interesting things in there, though. As we know, and as we continue to learn, Bobby Huck's not much one to talk specifics, especially when it comes to game plan, especially when it comes to Weaknesses or improvements. And like I, I said, you know, what you need to improve on. And he said, hey, a litany of things, everything, all of it. We need to be sound. We need to be sound, fundamental. That's what we do. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. I mean, he did talk about, you know, ball down, throwing the ball down the field, the covering down the field. Okay, okay. But I thought the two most interesting parts were when I asked him about the emphasis on running of the football and the emphasis on just being relentless. And he talked about how toughness is a 365-day-a-year thing. You can't just roll it out once a week for 12 weekends in the fall. You got to do it every year, every day. And if, and if you don't do it every day and you still say your program's, uh, program's about toughness, you're wrong. That's basically what he said. Yes. I thought that was very interesting. I also asked him just about complacency and, or also just about, you know, not letting guys get too big for their bridges, not letting them think that their accomplishments are much of anything if they haven't accomplished much. And uh, yeah, he, he said that complacency is, is our greatest enemy. And that's the one thing that they've always emphasized. And I think that, when you really read between the lines of the way that Montana deals with the media, especially Coach Houck, that's so much of what it's about. Is you'll never hear Bobby Houck say a guy is is great, exceptional, outstanding. He's just good. Yeah, because he's not into the hyperbole of it all. And, and you have to be exceptional for him to tell you you're exceptional. And if you are, he will say that. But it's not thrown around a lot like a lot of other coaches mm-hmm. do, particularly with his own guys, though, too. 
he's getting better. I th- I thought he had one of the better games on our team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he, he's never going to say that was the greatest game he's ever played at the University of Montana. And I, and I think it's actually good when you're talking about the the society we live in and the chances chances that you have to have the look at me culture. That that's the thing I think is so detrimental to college football. I mean, how many times have we seen guys just have big games and then go on Twitter and praising themselves and everybody's praising them and like. And then they go and they lay an egg the next week. A part of it's game plan, a part of it's because the other opponent's focusing on them, whatever. But at the end of the day, it's just not good for the, the incremental progression. I think that's where Coach Alk is so good at being at representing what needs to be for Montana. I think that's the other thing is he has the perspective of what excellence actually is. Mm-hmm. So he's if you're just comparing it to what you've done before, if you weren't at the place, you don't know. And he does know. So therefore, he knows they're nowhere close to what they were in 2008. Nowhere close. In any aspect. So he knows that we got to keep working. Yeah. Uh, it is to tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, that interview with Bobby Huck brought to us by our friends at Alpine Touch. And we want to take a moment, shout out to Shoto Montana, to give away some Alpine Touch. We got ourselves the Grand Slam Spice Pack right here. Okay. Prairie Fire, the, of course, the original, the pepper blend, and the hickory smoke in here. These are the big ones, people. These are the ones that are going to last you, and we'll give you a hat as well. Well, Alpine Touch will give you a hat. A nice Alpine Touch hat. Thank you very much. Snapback. That's what we're about here. 329-1899. Call right now. 329-1899. You're going to get yourself the Grand Slam Pack of Alpine Touch spices and the hat to go with it. And if you would like to go online to alpinetouch.com, you can also put in the code ESPN, the ESPN10 at checkout. Yes, sir. And you get 10% off your entire order just for doing that. Okay? So we're trying to help you. Look, we are givers, Coulter and I. This is what we're here to do. Discounts to the best spices, insight on how to properly get ready for a night game. This is what we're here to do. Just festivals of information from sea to shining sea. Uh, and in fact, further, because we're on the internet, so around the globe. That's what it is. And this is something you want to win right now because this is the greatest. That's the greatest. For, for this time of year. It's the greatest. 329-1899. You're going to be, you are going to use this tomorrow all day long at the tailgate party. So you're welcome. Okay? And throughout the rest of the season too because those things will last you forever. Quick break. On the other side, Jeff Choate, Montana State. They're hosting Southeast Missouri State. We talked about the defense yesterday. We talk about the offense today. Next. Alpine Touch has been part of the fabric of Montana for more than 60 years. Decades ago, Russell Street started selling his Touch of Magic in Whitefish. Years later, Alpine Touch's all-purpose seasoning remains a favorite. It's tailgating season, and there's no better way to spice up your grill before a Grizz game than with Alpine Touch. Go to alpinetouch.com now and use the checkout code ESPN10 for a 10% discount on your order. Alpine Touch is here to keep your mouth watering all football season. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. 
The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. Yeah, end of the first quarter. The Hellgate Knights are up 8-0 on uh, Billings Skyview. This is the first game of the season for Hellgate. Right, because with Belgrade joining AA, a bye for the opening week. Because yeah. there's an uneven number of teams just this year. And um, the uh, uh, Skyview is one of the teams that Hellgate beat last year, if I'm not mistaken. That was one it of is. their two victories that Hellgate had. So uh, Hellgate looking to go uh, back-to-back there. The early game right now at Missoula County Stadium. Uh, and we will uh, get try and get some more scores. I don't know if there's how many other early games. There might be one other early game going on while we're still on the air, but we'll certainly track this one for you. Frank Gogol of the Missoulian down there uh, doing the doing the tweeting on this, so we appreciate that. Um, Coulter, we talked uh, about the University of Montana Grizzlies. It's time to talk about the Bobcats. It is to tell Nuanas. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris. At 2904 West Broadway, Missoula Highway 83 in Sealy and online at KurtzPolaris.com. They will also be, hello, at the tailgate party. Coulter and I, back for another year. ESPN Woo. College Game Day. We're going to be down there right across the street from the walking bridge or adjacent to the walking bridge, I guess I should say, at the walking bridge uh, as you are on the north side of the river heading into and back from the uh, uh, game tomorrow night. We will be there. We'll be on site. We're going to have Domino's Pizza out there for you. You need to get a bite to eat. Obviously, the Badland are going to have some drinks for you. The MSO Hub is going to be there, so you can get all the gear that you want. Also, the clear bags that are now a mm-hmm. policy at Washington Grizzly, which we should talk about a little bit more, but the, you, you, you got to have see-through bags now, see-through uh, cases to take in there. Well, the MSO Hub are going to have those uh, at, at our tailgate party. So if you need to get those to carry in things, you know, your, 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 whether it's clothes, maybe you got kids, you need to get diapers and that sort of thing in there. That's what I'm always thinking about anyway. Uh, is uh, they'll, they'll have the bag so that you'll be able to go into the stadium with whatever items that you're going to need uh, for the game tomorrow night, especially with the night game going to be a little It is getting cooler, isn't it? At, at night, starting to cool off a little bit. So, uh, uh, you know, you might need a, a blanket or an extra jacket uh, by about 9, 9.30 tomorrow when his third, fourth quarter rolls are along. Uh, so anyway, come by the tailgate, hang out with us, have a drink, have a slice of pizza, listen to the show, say what's up, get some swag. We're going to have a bunch of stuff to give away, throw away, uh, and, uh, and you can come by free free uh, drinks from Pepsi, soft drinks like Gatorades, Pops, that kind of stuff. So uh, come on by the, the tailgate tomorrow right next to the Eastgate Shopping Center and uh, hang out with us for a little while. We'd love to see you there. Uh, but Coulter... Tomorrow night, the Gold Rush game, the home opener also for Montana State, and they have a big-time game uh, on their hands against the 11th-ranked Southeast Missouri State. Who is, uh, who's Where do you get that 11 number? You keep saying that. They're 12. You saw a different poll. I think you saw the coaches' poll. I'll look it up. The, they're number 12 in the stats. Okay. Okay. Regardless, uh, they're a top 15 team, and at this time of year, the top 15 is a little bit inconsequential. They are 12, like I've been saying. You got it stuck in your head earlier. Well, no, because they were 12, or they were 11. Anyway, 12 versus uh, twelve versus 13, by the way, which is great. Right there. Up, now you know where you're going to stand. It's either going to stay the same, or Montana State jumps one, they drop one, right? Can't move any further than that. I mean, it depends on what happens out in you front know, of you them. Know uh, you know I'm playing with that. Uh, but 
they are, uh, we, we talked a lot, this, Southeast Missouri State, what they do is they play defense. They got the, the reigning Buck Buchanan Award winner, and that's what they hang their hat on. That's what they're about, and Jeff Cho took pains to emphasize that. But they got to play some offense, too. Coulter, what are you looking for out of SEMO when it comes to the offensive side of the ball? Well, Dan, Daniel Santa Cantarina is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He was first team All-Ohio all Valley a year ago, uh, finalist for the, I guess, a semifinalist, one of the top 20 fi- finishers in the Walter Payton Award. Uh, he's a dual-threat guy, former transfer from Northern Illinois, so he's got FBS talent. Uh, he's a big, strong kid who, like Jeff Choate says, has a point guard mentality, uh, the way that he distributes the ball. And they have some really formidable weapons on the outside. Christian Wilkerson, he would be one of the better receivers in the Big Sky Conference. And he is perhaps the best receiver in the Ohio Valley Conference. He was nearly 1,000 yards a year ago. He caught 14 touchdowns. Uh, he's got well up over 2,000 yards in his career and 25-plus scores. So he's a real threat and a guy that can stretch the field. And the way that they run the run-pass option, they're going to take a lot of shots. And Santa Cantarina, he throws the ball down the field and gives his receivers a chance to go make plays. And... So Montez is going to have to be on the ball. The, here's the thing about the Cats. We talk about elite players at multiple levels of your defense. The Cats have multiple elite players on their front. I think that Bryce Sturk is an elite player. I think Amandre Williams has a chance to be an elite player. I think Derek Marks moving from the outside to the inside. He has a chance to be sort of a uh, – this is way outside the – realm of, of expectation, but he's a poor, poor, poor man's Aaron Donald. I only mean that in the fact that he's going to be a really undersized guy playing on the inside, but it's not going to matter because he's really, really fast with his hands. His 255 is not going to really big that big of an issue because he's so technically sound playing that three-tech spot. I think those three guys have a chance to be elite. Troy Anderson has a chance to be elite at Sam Linebacker. Brayden Conkle and Jack Way Allen are elite at safety. We thought Montana State was going to be elite at corner, too, though. Munchie Filer being out is a huge blow because Do when we you, have any idea on a timetable. No, but and this is all speculation. But I saw him at the last fall scrimmage wearing a cast on his arm and a sling. So when you have the cast and the sling, to me that means that you had surgery because you have the sling on to keep because it's a lower arm injury. It's his forearm that was casted, but you have the sling on to keep your arm up to simulate blood flow because you likely had surgery. To me, that means it's actually a, a quicker timetable in terms of getting that cast off. Because likely if you had surgery, that means that the bone's going to heal quicker or the tendon or whatever it might be that you hurt rather than having to have a hard cast that's set. If he just had the hard cast, he'd probably be able to play, ironically. But he'd have to have it for a lot longer, whereas you can get the surgery, just like Troy Anderson. He had that hand surgery, and he was basically kind of out for two weeks. He played a little bit. He played some snaps, but he didn't play quarterback. But then he was back out there fast. So I'm not sure what the timetable is, but I don't. Th- I, I think that he'll probably be questionable for, if not doubtful, for this week, and then maybe questionable next week. But I expect him to be back by conference play. But when you're talking about the way that they play their defense at corner, having your your number one press guy out is a domino because then all of a sudden, Damian Washington, your senior, your other senior, he could play nickel and he could play on the field side, the wide side of the field, and he plays a lot of zone. But when he's expected to then move into that number one boundary spot and be the man guy that beats you up off the line, he doesn't have that skill set. And so now it, it just incrementally trickles downhill. Tyrell Thomas isn't quite healthy yet. Tyree Gibson made his first start last week. Lavelle Price got his first playing time last week. Both those last two guys are redshirt freshmen. So just not having Munchie Filer in the lineup 
it once he's back, it makes everybody else better because they can play a different corner spot, which there are more suited to their skill set. So I don't know if Montana State's elite at corner, and if they're not, it, it's a big hit to their defense because the aggressive man style that they want to play on the outside is what then triggers the pass rush. It's what lets Braden Conkle run the alley. It's what lets Jacquey Allen roam and, and pick off balls like he does at such a prevalent pace. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, Montana State rebounds from that. But I just think that Montana State, this is going to be such an interesting litmus test for the Cats because the Cats have played one of the toughest schedules in the Big Sky for the last two years. Year one under Jeff Choate was rebuilding. It went a lot worse than I think people thought initially out the gates because of all the volatility they had at quarterback. They went 0-6 in Big Sky Conference play before then. They salvaged two wins towards the end, including the upset win here in Missoula, Washington Grizzly Stadium. But then year two... They were knocking on the door. They went toe-to-toe with South Dakota State. They went toe-to-toe with Weber State. They missed a two-point conversion that would have won the game at NAU, and they lost by one point. They salvaged the season by winning in Missoula, but if a couple different balls would have bounced a different way, they would have been a playoff team that year instead of a 5-6 and six team. But regardless, they were in it with good teams, but they didn't beat any good teams. And the same thing with last year. The fact of the matter is that Montana State now is – 36 games into the Jeff Choate tenure. They've played about 10 ranked teams. They've only beat, the only teams that they've beat that have winning records or that are good are the three Montana teams that they've beat. And a lot of people would debate how good those Grizz teams really were. They were pretty good, but not nearly the Grizz teams of, of yesteryear. And then they beat Incarnate War in the playoffs. But a lot of people would say, well, that's a brand new program that just finally made it in the playoffs. You know, fledgling ideas down there, all that stuff. What I'm getting at is Montana State, you know, Jeff Choate has his his vision, and it's an incremental four-part vision that then this is year four of that vision. He said, we're going to lose big, we're going to lose close, we're going to win close, we're going to win big. This is the year they need to win big. This is the first time they've played a team that's a, a peer team to where they're at. Got two top 15 teams. This isn't playing number three South Dakota State when they got Taron Christian and you know, Jake Weineke and Dallas Goddard and all these, you know, NFL guys. It's not that. Because you're playing a premier team there, but you're the underdog definitively in that matchup. It's not playing two-time defending Big Sky Conference champion Weaver State on the road. This is your home opener against a peer team. This is a gigantic litmus test for Montana State. Montana State has to compete in this game, and I would venture to say that it's not quite a must-win, but it's as big of a must-win as you could have this early on in the season if you want to fulfill the expectations that you've bestowed upon yourself and that people nationally have for you. Coulter, you and I have built our lives on communication. And one thing that people may not realize is Blackfoot. That is their bread and butter. And right now, they are spending a ton of time and money creating an incredible network of fiber optic cables across the state of Montana, a state that, thank you very much, could use some innovation and advancement in that way, right? You probably already know Blackfoot, a local partner for internet, voice, and professional services that fuel growing businesses like yours. Right now, Blackfoot is extending its fiber optic cable networks in Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and around the region. Yeah, like hundreds of miles of fiber optic cable. It's a stunning amount that they're putting in right now. Check out goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link if you're on Podbean or just copy the URL into your browser. Go see what they're up to. I think you'll be impressed when you find out all the things that Blackfoot does. Particularly in Bozeman. Bozeman, as you know, is booming right now. And Blackfoot, they got you all taken care of. How does fiber optics benefit your business? We're not quite sure, but Blackfoot sure does. Give them a call, 866-541-5000, or find them online at goblackfoot.com. 
Let's hear from Jeff Choate. Uh, he, we've we've uh, had some sound from Coach Choate all week long, primarily talking about the defense, but this is one where he talks about the offense. This is our Opportunity Bank coach's corner, Jeff Choate, on the Southeast Missouri State offense. On offense, uh, number 10, Santa Catarina, he's the guy that kind of makes it go. Uh, very tough kid. You can tell he's, 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 got the, he's the leader, undisputed leader of that offensive side of the ball. Definitely has some swagger. Is a good runner and is a willing runner. He's kind of like that point guard with the ball in his hand, you know, with a, you know, the clock winding down. He wants the ball in his hand. He's going he's gonna to make some plays with his feet when he needs to to extend plays. He's got two excellent targets on the perimeter um, in 85. And then the Wilkerson kid, number six, both of those guys can break the game open. Uh, he has a ton of confidence. He throws back shoulder balls, 50-50 balls. They go up and get it. And so I think that's awesome. But they are uh, primarily a run team. And uh, they kind of have a three-headed monster right now at running back. They've got a number of guys that they brought in. Uh, have some new guys on the offensive line, but they look good. They're all mature guys, junior college transfers. I think four of the five starters are junior college transfers. And they all you know, looked apart, those uh, long levered bodies and um, very physical players, very physical mindset. So there you go. Uh, Jeff Choate kind of running through it by position group there uh, with the offense. And, and you talk about, you know, the uh, multiple back system and uh, Santa Cantaria as the, as the you know, the trigger man, the fifth-year senior, the leader of that offense uh, for Southeast Missouri State. But more than anything, you know, what I've taken out of, out of Coach Choate's comments all week long is just the true respect, not just the the respect that you would usually give an opponent, but but the kind of going out of his way to talk about this coach, coaching staff, and and the players and the toughness that they have uh, coming in here, and and I think that, that is real uh, in terms of Jeff Choate's perspective about them uh, coming into this game. But Coulter, I think your point that, that you made is 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 a fantastic one. This is. Uh, a, a huge litmus test, and frankly, something that Jeff Choate has yet to accomplish as a as as the Montana State head coach, which is beating. First of all, they, Montana State has not been a top fifteen team themselves right. up until this point. Certainly not in a preseason scenario, uh, but also competing with, and frankly, being expected to win. Uh, you know, a, a, a home game against another top 15 opponent that is very much a peer, very much a like opponent in in a lot of respects, and you want to prove that they're not a like opponent, that they're a very good team, but that you are the better team, that you have taken that next step into legit top 10 in the country type of type of group. And Montana State will have the opportunity this weekend. I mean, if they if they if Montana State was to win this game by double digits, say say 14, 17 points, they're going to be in the top 10 in the country yep. come 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 Tuesday next week. Yep. And we've already outlined that it's actually the non-conference where Montana State really needs to make its hay because there aren't a whole lot of challengers, particularly early on, in the conference schedule for them. So if they can get a foothold as a top 10 team in the nation, chances are that W number just keeps rolling on to the next integer week in and week out. And... And all of a sudden, on the outside, people who are not, you know, the stats people, the, you know, here are people who are coming this at a, at a 10,000 foot view that aren't looking at, well, look at how the schedule sets up or whatever. And by the way, again, nor should they. No, it's not. If, if Montana State is 6 and 0 in their first six Big Sky Conference games, they should be a top 10 team in the nation, period. Doesn't matter who, who or where or what. If you're 6 and 0, that's it, that's all. And they may well not be. They might lose the game. Heck, they might lose two in that stretch, but they would be upsets, period. Those would be upset losses, uh, which all teams suffer at one point or another, often 
just about every season, a team will suffer an upset loss. I mean, heck, Clemson, you know, has lost a game each of the last, like, four years at some point. You know what that is? A major upset, and it don't even matter who they're playing. It just doesn't matter. It happens. So, But the point is, is that the fact that they would be upsets just, again, points to the schedule. So if they can get this win, prove to themselves, prove to everybody else, no, 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 we deserve everything that we get, and now we're going to start rolling? That's that's big time for the for the Bobcats. And they need it for the sense of belief, too, because Jeff Choate has prophesized so intricately and articulately his vision, and every step of the way has come true. But it's all been leading up to this. And the whole the whole vision, step by step, is all for naught if you just go kick the bucket and don't make the playoffs this year. Now, we know all the systematic advantages that Montana State has. We all know the talent the talent dearth or not dearth, the talent um they they have more talent than they've had in the last four years, mm. certainly. But you gotta do it now. You do. You have to you prove do it. it. And that starts it. I mean, I then I saw a tweet. It sold out. It sold out Bobcat Stadium. Standing room only tickets. They're gonna pack twenty thousand people in a seventeen thousand seven hundred person stadium. When you got standing room only, you got more than maximum capacity, and you got a team from Cape Girardeau, Missouri coming to Bozeman, Montana, you gotta win. Gotta win it. It's two tell Nuanas, one oh two nine ESPN radio. We'll take a break. On the other side, we're gonna have some fun. Carolyn, our dear friend Carolyn, she's the chick who doesn't know sports. She's gonna tell us all about sports. That's the way it goes. Colter. People traveling this time of year, going to football games. You're headed to Missoula tomorrow, coming in, have family coming in, people coming in for the football game, or just in general, maybe you're a business person coming through all the time. The Wingate by Wyndham, that's where you want to stay. Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula, hotel that truly offers something for everybody. They have an awesome water park, sweet water slide. If you have a family, whether it's a local family that needs a birthday party or you're coming in from out of town, you want to have your kids blow off some steam before the Grizz game, that would be great. They also have giant business spaces for any business travelers. Maybe you want to get a business meeting in before the next Grizz game. they got a great spot for that as well. They also offer travel rates, uh, and they also have one of the best business rewards programs you'll find anywhere. They're just down the road from the Missoula Airport, a location that's quiet and convenient, parking ample and free for, the, for guests and a staff that generally cares about taking care of you. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 